At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. That's right. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, March 8th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And Christopher Giannini, my friend. Gas prices right now in the wonderful city of Olive Branch, Mississippi, are averaging $3.70 a gallon. How absurd is this right now? <laughs> I mean, it, just, it is what it is, brother. It's the, the cost of the, the shit that we've gotten ourselves into in the country. You have got that right. I know and in the you, world. You are driving around uh, all the time, so I know that this has got to be yep. hurting the pocketbook a little bit. Uh, yep. so it, is, I, it, is the, it is the cost of doing business. I put about a 100 to 150 miles a day on my little, thank God I have a little light-duty truck, and... Uh, and you know that's that's I am in the middle of doing business now. Oh yeah, I'm in the middle of looking for a new car, and I would have never imagined that I would be in the in the business of looking for a hybrid car. But that's what I'm doing right now because good lord. Well, so so I will tell you that I was doing the same thing. Um, uh, Ford has like a little Ford Maverick. Yeah, yeah, that pickup truck. Size of the old Ford Ranger. So it's another light duty vehicle and it's hybrid is getting like 44 miles, 42 miles to the gallon in the cities. Um, it's bed is a little bit short for me. The hardwood that I carry around is like six feet long boxes yeah. and it's beds only like four and a half feet. And so, um, you know, that might be something I have to, if I can get a strap situation, uh, and they're pretty cheap. I mean, you could start out at like twenty-one grand. So there's there's not a light duty truck in the market. But I mean, this is a Ford commercial. But oh, like, yeah. I was doing the same thing, and uh, and I'll tell you, a, a friend of mine, friend of ours that we know, I won't throw his name out there. He went and got one of those uh, Tesla three hundreds or whatever, like the cheap version of Tesla. It's like a thirty-two thousand yeah, yeah. dollar car. Okay, gotcha. And and he's had it for about four or five months now. And he says that his utility bill is basically averaging an increase of 15 to $20 a month with Ooh. the Tesla, and he's paying zero in gas. And that's a, that's definitely good. That is definitely a- so if you could afford if you could afford an so, but this, I mean, they have an SUV for their family car. Like, we live in an area where two people have their own car because you can't walk, you can't drive in our public transit. Yeah. You know, we're rural suburban areas. Um, if you're a one-car family, I don't know how you do it with an electric vehicle. 
But if you're a two-car family, oh, no, 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 no. If you can afford it, you can swing it. Brother, that is the way to go. Well, we're So we've looked at uh, a Nissan Leaf. I've looked at a, a Hyundai yep. Ioniq. The new uh, yep. hybrid. I think Kia's. I think I, I about to say. I think Kia's got some new electric cars or hybrid cars now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody's sure basically got some now. I was everybody's at the Kia dealership now in the market and a part of it. Before uh, before going to see Burt Kreischer on Saturday, I was actually at a Kia Hyundai dealership looking at this stuff. So yep. it's it's no, crazy. Yeah. It is absolutely insane, well, and and some of them are actually relatively affordable. So if I can get no, fifty yeah, miles yeah. to the, the, the gallon price- for a hybrid, I'm all in. There are there are a lot of people out there that think uh, Elon Musk. They're very anti Elon Musk, and uh, and and you know he made because you know he only made hundred thousand dollar vehicles. Yeah. And what good is that to the environment? Well, him making Tesla and and getting electric cars to become affordable, which he eventually was able to do, has now opened the floodgate with his technology going to everybody else. Yes, and if he doesn't do what he did, selling hundred thousand dollar vehicles for a long time, we aren't where we are today. No, you're hundred percent. Uh, right. And now every manufacturer has them, and you can get them between you know, you know, low thirties all the way up to a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, but yeah. you can you can you can get something that fits you and your needs, uh, and, and and I think that's a that's a pretty 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 big thing. So. No, it's definitely definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, gas prices for the areas around us, and uh, and of course, you know, you and I both will be making a trip to Florida here relatively soon. But uh, in yeah, Florida, I ain't driving that. Though. I don't give a shit. Well, agree. It, it's, it's over four dollars in Florida right now. It's uh, three dollars and ninety six cents in Georgia. Three dollars and ninety one cents in Alabama. Mississippi is three seventy five, and Tennessee is three dollars and eighty seven cents on average. Just insane, and it's it's supposed to go up, it's supposed to go up. the uh, The national average right now four dollars and seven cents. So, so there is. Well, like I said, I mean, it could be worse. We could be yeah. we could be out on that left coast out there, and uh, and paying in the fives and getting yeah. probably close to the sixes. So. Yeah, California uh, average is five dollars and thirty four cents right now. Just just crazy, just crazy. In New York, it's four twenty six. So, like, this is. This is bananas right now. Uh, everybody's dealing with it, but that's all right. If you guys are sitting at home, not driving anywhere, that means that you are getting to watch the show, and we certainly appreciate that. So, before we dive into major topics, hey, uh, do you see Herbie to Amazon got done? No, so he signed that deal. Uh, it's well, so it says Amazon is expected to finalize a deal with ESPN's Kirk yeah. Street uh, to be the main analyst like on Thursday said, night. Yep. He, during, during football season, his life is already in flux. So why not why not take a, a, a huge huge chunk of money for one game a week? Exactly, and I'm sure that it's it, I'm sure it'll be like a two year contract uh, with like a second year option. So you know it might just be one season. Maybe they don't like what he's doing, but we'll we'll see. It's going to be interesting. But I'm I am interested with Al Michaels and and him. I think that could be a really really good booth. That could be a good booth. All right, before we get into reads, anything else like that. Let's dive into the first main topic, and that would be Jaden Daniels has decided that he is going to Baton Rouge, my friend. Uh, I'm sure that you are very, very excited about this. He is expected to be a contender to start at LSU. We talked last week about him possibly going to Missouri, and things just fell apart with that for whatever reason. 
Now he is going to LSU. He is going to be in the quarterback room with Miles Brennan, with Garrett Nussmeyer, and with the new recruit, Walker Howard. Uh, this looks like a pretty good quarterback room just on its face. I would, I would almost guarantee at least one of those guys transfers out before the beginning of this season. Uh, just, you know, just a guess. But when you have more options, uh, you are more than likely going to come out with a better quarterback room. So I think that this is a, a good thing for LSU for sure and for Brian Kelly in his first season at the helm. Along with that, uh, he's eligible, like his graduate program, he's going to be a grad transfer, not just a regular transfer. Uh, his grad program is going to allow him to enroll and be eligible for spring ball immediately. So he's coming in, guns blazing, ready to rock and roll. Hey, give me your thoughts on this. I know that they are pumped about this down uh, down south. Well, you're 100% wrong about somebody transferring out. Nobody's transferring out. Miles is in. Miles is going to stay. Miles and him are going to compete. Nelson Meyer's not good enough to transfer anywhere. And uh, Walker Howard's dad talked to Brian Kelly this year. Part of him coming to LSU with Brian Kelly was under the understanding that they actually liked the idea of redshirting. Yeah. Um, he he wants he wants to sit for a year, learn the offense. No matter who was the head coach, no matter what offense they were running, um, that that he thinks that that hit, that would benefit his son more than lots of playing time. Uh, so that that's not going to upset the um, the Walker Howard family or Walker Howard. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Miles is going to compete for the job. I do not think Miles is close to winning it. But you, Miles, also needs to understand this. The last two years, LSU has used three different starting quarterbacks due to injury. So the, the chances of Miles actually getting to play football at LSU this year are pretty good if he sits tight. I don't know if there's anywhere that he could transfer and play major college football. I think the only people, that, the only place where he could go and get a guaranteed quote-unquote starting job would be if he stepped down a level. And even then, he might have to set down quite a bit of a level to have something guaranteed to him. I like Miles. I think Miles is stable and capable and competent, but he's not great. There is a reason he's been at LSU for five years and had very few snaps and very few starts. This is true. This is true. He he has been hurt, uh, what, the last two seasons, really? And yep. Yeah, yep. that's that's definitely a concern going forward if he were to try and transfer out. Uh, the motivation – remains to be seen, right? Does he want to stay at LSU and just have a chance to play? Or, uh, I mean, and this is this is all based on whether or not he or Nussmeyer transfers. I did not think that Walker Howard would leave, but... Yeah. Well, Nussmeyer's uh, not going anywhere. Well, where would Nussmeyer go? Like, well, that's that's the thing. Like his, only, his only opportunity to play is to stick around and, and hope that there's a, you know, there's an injury. Because right. he's not going to play well enough to get on the field here. And he's not going to play well enough to get on the field anywhere else. Like, if Nussmeyer's playing, we're struggling to win football. That's and that's that's the deal, right? Not, it's not a knock on the kid. Just yeah, out. no, of course not. Of course not. No, I'm I'm talking about the motivation of if you want to play, if you think you've got a better chance to be a starter somewhere else, uh, it would be at a lower level, like you talked about. And that's the motivation. Yeah. Is but, it? Is the motivation but if that to was play? The case, he would have transferred or, already because he knew that he wasn't going to be the starter under Miles. Yeah, true. So, I, I mean, again, he's seen Miles get hurt, you know, two straight years, so. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, give me your thoughts on how he fits into a Brian Kelly offense. Have we seen? Oh, well, I'm not worried about fit. You know, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff, man. Guys can play. Yes, he Our can. coaches can build offenses around talent. And I love – I'm so disappointed in, like, 
a lot of the big time LSU fans that I know and I follow and I you know I see them you know the Facebook groups and things like that. It's so disappointing that they don't know who this guy is. You and I have talked about him every year he's been in Arizona State. We have talked about how he is, in my opinion, the last two years, the best player in the Pac-12. Okay, I think if if there is a player of the year, most talented player, I should say, maybe not player of the year, the most talented player in the whole Pac-12, he's been in the last several years, and and he has got a gift of football, and and has been grossly underutilized at Arizona State. Um, That's putting and, it mildly, uh, and and, and, <laughs> and getting to see him with a really, really, really capable head coach, and an offensive coordinator that just finished having three, four years of Desmond Ritter, which this guy and Desmond kind of play a little bit alike. I think he's way more athletic than Desmond. Probably not as accurate with the football, but uh, arm talent, I think, explosiveness uh, with, with, the, with the arm of talent, I think is there. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I, I think this offense completely changes. I'm going to tell you something, man. The run game, when you have a running quarterback, the run game changes. And True. now now you're going to have to bring somebody in from the secondary to slow down a running quarterback and or the stable of running backs that LSU's going to bring out of here tonight, this year, to stop him. And that's going to leave gentlemen like Keisha Butte hard to cover. This is going to give defenses fit. Now, is this going to solve all of LSU's ails? No, it will not. I still think we have holes in the defense. We're going to struggle to stop people unless some of these guys who stepped up or get transferred in play substantially above the head of which we've seen them play over the last couple of years in their prior situations. Uh, But, no, it makes it super exciting. I think the reason – and now I'm sold on this. I I 100% believe the reason it took so long for – Oh my God, my name just blank. What's his ass to leave Oklahoma to go to USC? Oh, Lincoln it's Riley. Because yeah. Link, no, not Lincoln. The shit, the quarterback. Oh, oh Caleb Williams. Oh, uh, Caleb Williams. That's, <laughs> oh, I can't believe I forgot his name. I'm a dumbass, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I think I think now I really believe that the reason it took him so long to commit to USC is because I think Brian Kelly was putting the full court press to try to get him, and Brian Kelly knew he wanted an athletic quarterback to run the offense that they want to run. And, uh, and and I think he did. As soon as they didn't get him and he ended up at USC, I mean, it wasn't but a week or so later that Jaden Daniels said, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to enter the, the transfer portal. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, I didn't think that was Brian's doing. I 100% think that was all Brian's doing. I think he got a call. And, and I, don't, I don't think there was anything really going on in Missouri. I, I think I have no idea the, 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 the smoke screen of any of that. I don't know how any of that works. I think he's coming to the SEC. I think he's coming to play big boy football. I think he knows if he can do something special at a big boy school like LSU that throws his draft stock through the roof, and he definitely needs a senior season to throw his draft stock through the roof. You're if right. he was a graduating senior after last year, he, I think he gets drafted, but I think he's a late-round draft pick. Oh, most certainly, and yeah, it would be based on, on potential alone, right? I mean, he, he had 10 touchdowns total, and 10 total, interceptions yeah. last year. So. That's it. It would be totally body. That's it. We're looking at you and saying you're an athlete, and and maybe somebody will, will take a shot on you, and maybe you can turn into Dak Prescott. Maybe you can turn into 
you know, a, a, a cheap version of Cam Newton. You know, maybe we can get something special out of you, but you're a project. You come to LSU, you play every game on national TV, the big time stage, and 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 you do well. I don't think you have to win the SEC title. I don't think you have to make the playoff. No. I think you just have to play great for for 12, 13 games, stay healthy, and and just put up some showing. And now you're a first round, first day draft. I think you are probably right. Uh, you you lead LSU to a nine and three season after uh, after going six and seven last year, and yep. yes, a hundred percent. He he nine threw... and three, and you got to be explosive. Oh, you yes. got to be a star. Like you can't be nine and three, and this defense is just juggernaut the shit out of people. Like that ain't yeah. gonna fly. That's no, it, not it's going to be the other way around from a, like from you... a day three three draft pick to a to a day one draft pick. Yeah, but, like like you said, yeah. the defense uh defense has got some holes. Now obviously they can fix some of that. They've got, you know, new defensive coordinator in there, uh Brad White. Um and not Brad White. What's the what's the other guy? Mike uh God, the guy that used to be at yeah, Kentucky. The, the linebacker uh, guy from the Chiefs. Yes, yes. Uh the guy that that implemented his defense with Kentucky and then Brad White took yeah. it over. So uh, regardless, right. uh, uh Jaden Daniels threw seventeen touchdowns and only two interceptions in his freshman season. Last season, his junior year, uh, he threw for twenty yeah, about twenty four hundred yards, ten touchdowns, ten interceptions. It's uh this is at this point going to be a uh development project, right? I mean and he's uh, he's a stud, he's got a bunch of experience, but I think he's going somewhere where he knows he will be developed. Because he hasn't well, been. I think at the coaching Arizona staff State. that he's going to be under offensively is going to be far better than anything he's ever had, and he's either going to learn it. And, and here's the thing: if you're mild, look, don't tuck your head and quit, man. Don't walk away because if he is going to be the ten interception, ten touchdown guy, he's not going to last. Okay, yes. BK will jerk his ass off that field and throw somebody else in, and you got to be ready. You have to be ready. You can't just quit throwing the towel. You got to be ready. But, yep. but I don't think there's any way on earth you get him to come in with an athlete like that and you build an offense around him just to just to let him and Miles compete. I, I know that's I probably the things you're going to say from a coaching's perspective, but this guy has potential to be a real star. Here's, uh, here's Brian Kelly's statement on the matter. Jaden is an outstanding player who will make our quarterback room even stronger. He's a playmaker with a strong arm and the ability to make plays with his feet. We are excited to welcome Jaden to our program as we continue to build a roster of student-athletes who will compete for championships on the field and work just as hard in the classroom to earn their degree. So that that was his statement on the matter. Uh, we, we know he's coming here that to is, win football games. That is the most coach speak <laughs> you, could, you could possibly imagine somebody giving, right? Oh, most certainly. Like, like Brian, Brian really does sound like a politician the more he talks. Like, hey, he's good at you it. Know, he tries really hard. So, so many people kind of see that as like endearing, like he's putting himself out there and, and whatnot. Like it's it's so interesting, like what some of these coaches say when like, he just used like thirty eight words and to say nothing. Just to, yes, he he could have Bill Belichick it and just stared into the camera and was like, Jaden's now one of our quarterbacks in the quarterback room. And and everything he used thirty eight words to say, Bill would have said four. <laughs> we're we're glad to have him. Bam, yes, done. That's it. Conversation is <laughs> over. Like, because he didn't say anything else. He just, he just flapped his gums. I, I you know, it, it, ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> people, people find Bill frustrating, and I actually find that endearing. It's like, ah, yeah, you don't have shit to say. Don't say anything. That's yeah. the best way to handle this. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
I'm um, excited. Although being a Tiger fan, I'll tell you this: I was, I was not worried about the offense. I was very curious about what this offense was going to look like, seeing all the pieces that we had go into the season as of right now. And I'm really, really glad we were able to pick up one more quarterback. I didn't think it was going to be the caliber of Jane Daniels, but I'm glad to have uh, another piece, and I'm super glad that it's a guy that I think is a star. I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree. I think he's going to be fantastic down there. Uh, and we will see. I'm, I'm curious to see how spring ball goes. You know, he's got to establish some chemistry, et cetera. But I'm excited about it. We will see what happens. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need him and Kayshawn to be BFS for the next three, four months. <laughs> you certainly got that right. Let's, uh, let's move on. The NFL Combine. Now, we've talked a little bit about this. We talked about it some last week. But the big story coming out of the combine has been these 40 numbers. Uh, the speed at the NFL combine this season has been off the charts. And I'll, I'll start off with, I guess, you know, maybe the biggest stories being the two defensive backs that kind of put an exclamation point on things on Sunday. Uh, Baylor cornerback Kalen Barnes and UTSA cornerback Tariq Woolen ran two of the fastest 40 da- uh, 40 yard dash times in the combine's history. Barnes clocked in at 4.23. That was the fastest ever for a defensive back. It's considered the second fastest time to uh, wide receiver John Ross's 4.22 back in 2017. John Ross, the uh, Washington wide receiver. Barnes played 41 career games for the Bears. Uh, Woolen from UTSA ran a 4.26. And it ran uh, ran his best 40 on his second attempt. It's not just these guys. Right, you're looking at some of these other times, and uh, so you pull it up over at like Pro Football Network, the the wide receiver times, uh, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor, four point two eight, uh, Velas Jones from Tennessee, a four point three one, Calvin Austin from Memphis, four point three two, Danny Gray ran a four three three, Alec Pierce ran a four three three from SMU in Cincinnati, at like these times, and it's not just the wide receivers or running backs or whatever, uh, these guys are insane. Like the the offensive line, Dare Rosenthal uh, from Kentucky, that transferred from LSU, ran a four eight eight. This guy weighs like three hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, this is these numbers are astronomical. Uh, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia ran a four seven seven defensive tackle. Jordan Davis, everybody knows how big he is, ran a four seven eight. Chris, what in the world is going on with these times? Like, have they figured out a way to rig the system? Or are we just going to see faster and faster guys every single year when they start measuring this stuff out? So there's a part of me that I I wonder I wonder is there is there chicanery going on? Is there any type of fuckery at all with the with the clocks? Because for us to have just like a complete and utter record at every position uh, at forty times just doesn't seem right in what is kind of been seen the entire year as a very down and disappointing draft class. And do you have, do you have fuckery like that? Like we're talking about, um, and, uh, and end up, um, to, to try to boost the draft, to try to boost the interest in the draft, try to boost the ratings in the draft, uh, something of that nature. That's, that's my only thought. That's my only question about this because this doesn't seem normal or natural. 
Not that these guys can't fly. Not that these guys aren't just crazy fast. But the, the idea that almost every position group has set the record this year for their position group. I mean, as far as safeties go, we've got six guys that ran a sub 4-4. Four, four. Like, that's that's crazy to me. Uh, on top of that, as far as linebackers, I mean, we're, we're looking... Now, cornerbacks, you've got like 15 guys that ran a sub 4-5, which is pretty typical. Uh, linebackers, you've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, four guys that ran a sub 4-5. I mean, you don't see this. Like, these numbers are not – they can't be that's, real. That's what I'm saying. The, the fact that it's at almost every position group. If it, if it was just one position group, it would be one thing. But the, the idea that it's, it's offensive linemen are setting the record for offensive linemen. The, 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 you know, DBs are setting the record for the DBs. The receivers, the, the linebackers, the DNs. Every position group is setting the record for their position group this year. What, what are the chances of that? Because – this is not the deepest or most talented draft class we've ever had. It's, no. I it's mean, actually it, kind of widely seen as a very disappointing draft class overall. Oh, yeah. Compared the, uh, the, to the last couple of years. The fastest edge rusher, uh, Amari Barno from Virginia Tech, ran a 4-3-6. He's an edge rusher. He ran a 4-3-6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so, but, so that's what I'm saying. But I, I will tell you this. You're talking to a guy that is commonly seen as a conspiracy theorist. I don't trust things that all seem out of sorts. And so the fact that every number is inflated to a gross dimension, it tells me that there's some fuckery with, with the way they're keeping dimes now. That's, that's all. That's the, only, that's the only thing that I can attribute it to is I don't trust the number that they're getting. I yeah. don't think it's right. I don't think it's accurate. And I think somebody, somebody has done something to the call. I'm just, I will tell you this one. So, tight end, uh, Grant Calcaterra from SMU had the number three 40 time. He ran a 4.62. And I have watched Grant Calcaterra many, many times. I've watched SMU a lot when I was watching Sonny Dykes' yeah. offense. I was just about to say, we, I, I, bet, I bet outside of SMU fans, we may have watched more SMU football over the oh, last yeah. two, three years than anybody on the planet. Oh, for sure. I, because we always knew when to bet on them, when to bet against them, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, well, we, and, we, and we both follow and love Sonny Dyke. Yes, yes. Grant Calcaterra is not a 4-6-2 guy. Like, no. he's not. I just, he's I, never played that fast in his life. So the idea that he would all of a sudden get in his underwear and run that much faster than everybody else just doesn't make any sense. That's, that's why I don't believe. I, I am a skeptic at heart. I kind of hate that about myself. But I just, I am. I've jaded it to a point where I've seen too many things that, that if they look too good to be true, they ain't. Okay? That's just it. Hey, uh, just just guessing, uh, what would you think David Bell's 40 time was from Purdue? Oh, oh well, see, now that's one guy that I think is faster than lightning. I have no idea, though, man. I, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. I don't know. See, four, see four? this is what surprised me. Know, he four, had, three, he four, had the, no, no, he had the fourth slowest. He ran a four six five, and yet was to me uh, the best wide receiver in the Big Ten this year. And, and maybe yeah, outside no, of the guys at Ohio and, State. And he but, also, and I think I also think he plays fast. I also yeah. think he plays faster than most of these other guys. Now he's going to hurt in a forty time, okay? And why is that? Because he doesn't have the long legs. He doesn't have the stride that these other receivers are going to have. He just doesn't. That at some point in time, physics is going to come into play, and you could make 
faster strokes than Michael Phelps, but if you don't have a 10-foot wingspan, then then you ain't beating Michael Phelps. Like, that's just it. No, you're, you're 100% right there. 100% right. Yeah, it just it felt like there's, like you said, some chicanery going on with that because it, it, these guys, I mean, these numbers are it's just every position insane. Group. It's yeah. every position group. Science isn't that damn good. This isn't how science works, by the way. Like, no. you don't have normalcy for a hundred years of doing something and then one year in what is seen as a mediocre draft class all of a sudden all of these guys are now super freak athletes like they're freakier athletes than we've ever seen in the hundred years of doing this that doesn't make sense that doesn't add up <laughs> I, I, that tend to I, don't agree. Trust. I tend to agree uh, let me go on and get these reads out of the way right quick the podcast and show and everything else can be found always over at winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. That is the place to go if you want to subscribe or you want to follow, etc. All of our social media, all of our videos, all of our podcasts can be found over there. Uh, of course, with the newsletter, etc. We don't spam you. We probably send out one or two of those a year right now. We might up it a little bit here and there, but uh, we only really let you know when there's something important going on. So sign up over there, winningcureseverything.com. The podcast, of course, you can always find it on whatever your favorite podcast app is, whether that is Apple or Spotify or Google or Amazon Music even has that now. So go ahead and sign up or uh, subscribe, whatever the word is, at all of those different places. And make sure that you leave a nice five-star review. That certainly helps us out. Helps us out with whatever algorithm gets us out in front of more people. Make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube. If you are listening and not watching, that's totally fine. But still go hit that subscribe button, help us out, get us in front of some more people for sure, and jump into the chat over there. YouTube is the best place to jump in with comments or the live chat, of course, when the show goes out live, etc. Make sure that you do that. You can always follow us on Twitter, of course. I'm at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And the show is at Winning Cures. And along with that, if you want to hear more of my beautiful voice or see my smiling face, then you can check that out over at BetUS TV. I host a ton of different crap over there, so go ahead and check it out, BetUSTV.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, Chris, back into the NFL stuff. Aaron Rodgers. Now, we've talked quite a bit about what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, and the drama is is always maybe a little much uh, because we, we all tend to believe that he's just going to end up back with the Packers again, but you never know. He is getting older, you know, whatever. The latest news that has come out here is that the Green Bay Packers have made a significant long-term contract offer to Aaron Rodgers, that would alter the quarterback market, a source has told ESPN, along with multiple other outlets. 
It says, terms of a potential new contract could always change, but a three- or four-year deal would help Green Bay's salary cap situation while giving Rodgers, who is 38 years old, contractual clarity well into his 40s. Green Bay is more than $27 million over the cap. How explain this to me in a way that makes sense, right? It just at layman's terms, how can restructuring a deal and giving Aaron Rodgers more years in a way that would alter the quarterback market, how is that going to save you as far as the uh, salary cap is concerned? So I'm going to, I'm going to speculate a lot here. Okay. But I think, I think I'm more on than off with speculation. Um, I think, A, by restructuring, you can put a lot of money towards a signing bonus. I I still have never figured out the math on how the signing bonus always works. I know some of it has to go towards the salary cap, but not all of it. And and I don't I don't know the formula behind that. So they can when they do this, they can give him a huge chunk of money up front and that, that not hurt the cap. That actually helped them. And then also by backloading the contract with deeper money later and freeing up a lot of money this year, um, they are under the impression the cap is going to go up significantly, which I actually think is going to happen based on the Amazon deal, all these other players getting involved in the NFL. Um, the cap is based on the amount of league revenue, and we just think the, re- the league revenue is going up year after year. Um, and with Amazon getting involved, I think it's going to go up a substantial number. I don't think it's going to be a small bit. Uh, so – they think those later years, they're just going to have more money to spend anyway, which most people would think, oh, that's going to be good for the league. That's going to help the, the middle-tier players make more money. Uh, no, no, it's not. No, it's just going to mean the stars are going to get paid more. Um, uh, if you raise the cap by $10 million, the, the price for quarterbacks is going to go up by $10 million. It that's certainly it. is. That's the list. That's how this shit works. Uh, all the other people can get upset all they want. That this is what these teams are going to put their money towards, um, and, and I don't know how to change that. Uh, so that's how it helps them. I do not think it helps them with signing guys like Adam uh, or, or Jones or either of those guys. And the reason being, unless those guys want to play with Rodgers and they're willing to take team-friendly deals, okay? But if yeah. they want to get paid, Green Bay is not the place to go get it. Now, if Rodgers does this, I would need to see what this does to the to the financials as a whole because he has complained about not having enough talent around him and them not supporting him to a point where, where he could really compete for a championship, which I find laughable because he's always one of the highest percentage cap takers um, in the league. But uh, if he signs this, I still think he's going to be one of the highest percentage of cappy, and, and it's going to make it harder for them to – to go out and get players to surround him with. Uh, yeah. So does he want? We will find out about Rodgers. Does he care about getting paid, or does he actually want to try to to give somebody a team friendly deal and 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 go get more players than he's already got? Which I, I know it's tough having one of the top two or three best receivers in football along with one of the top five to ten running backs in football. I know poor little Rodgers doesn't have any help. You know, but you know, maybe they can go get him some more if he takes a little friendlier deal, or you can just go to a team with more receivers. He uh, he's got one year left on his deal that is uh, that counts forty six point one million dollars against the cap, uh, and it, it will 
more than likely be lowered by an extension, et cetera, like you were just talking about. Um, I mean, it's. I, I'm curious what a what a market altering quarterback deal would be, right? Because Patrick Mahomes yep. uh, got a 450 million dollar deal, but that the annual value of that was 45 million on average. I, but that's you know, that's on average. But that contract, same thing. The contract's very backloaded. Yeah. I think all these teams with these with the, especially with the younger quarterback, you you want to make long term deals so you have them locked up, and then you then you want to make all the big money on the back end because you assume as these new players come into play and bid for these TV contracts, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, Josh Allen is the league's second highest paid quarterback right now. Uh, in terms of value, uh, $258 million over the span of the contract, and the average annual value for him is $43 million. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, could be could be looking at something along those lines. Um, which, yep. by the way, uh, Atlanta's Matt Ryan is the league's only player with a cap hit that is larger than uh, Aaron Rodgers right now. His deal with the Falcons. That's why Rogers. That's why Ryan's not going to get traded. By the way, everyone keeps talking about they're talking about maybe trading Ryan this that another and tanking this year and whatnot. Uh, his cap is over forty, right? It's oh, it's forty eight point seven million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody in the league is paying Matt Ryan forty eight million dollars this year, other than the Falcons because they have to. And that's the, see that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. If you think as well, you can trade like, that son of a bitch for forty eight million dollars, you're an idiot. Right, and it, it might be the same with Rodgers, right? And and there will be takers for Rodgers, et cetera. But oh no, uh, no. There's, there's a there's a million all you know. There's probably twenty of the thirty two teams that would take Rodgers right now with his yeah. cap hit. Brian Gutekunst, who is the uh, the GM for the Packers, said last week Green Bay has not received any trade offers for Rodgers. He emphasized that not a single person has called to inquire about the quarterback's availability. Well, hang on. hey, that's not hey, that's a hundred percent a lie. It's a hundred percent a lie because the commanders have made it abundantly clear they reached out to all thirty-one teams about their quarterback situation, and those include the Chiefs. And they 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 had the boss pick up the phone and call Andy Reid and say, "Hey, what would the price be for my home?" Okay, so so that that's not true. I promise you, if the Commanders called the Chiefs about Patrick, they somebody called the Packers about Rodgers. So that's a lie. That's an outright lie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I don't believe them at all. Multiple league executives believe the Steelers uh, have at least inquired about Rodgers as well. Yeah, no. So there's there's a ton no, of guys. 100%, 100%. You know, that's that's the way. And, and we, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the, the 49ers have. Yeah, yeah I, I I guarantee you the Titans have. Like I promise you, these GMs and coaches of these other teams in the franchises, they they have to. It's the it's the fiduciary like responsibility to their own franchise to at least make the call to see what they can do. Yeah, yeah, I think like you're right. it would be it would be negligent if they did. They would be they should be if you're the Broncos GM. You should be fired if you didn't make the call to at least inquire. So, so to say nobody has called, I just don't believe that. I think he's a liar. That's it. It turns out Rodgers believed that last year too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Bleacher Report put out a list of the ten most anticipated college football rematches for this coming season, 
And the reason I'm bringing this up, there's a ton of these articles that come out this time of year. It's list season, it's bracket season, all that good stuff. We're into March, and we'll talk about college basketball in just a second for a little bit. But, uh, but this article, they've got a list of 10, and I wanted to go through each one very quickly and just gauge your interest in a rematch, as in how interested are you in this? Is it really one of the most anticipated rematches of the season We'll start off with number 10, Oklahoma State at Baylor on October 1st. Uh, are you, like, is that one of the top 10 most anticipated rematches? Um, Yeah, I, I would say so. I But I like both of these teams. I like both these coaches. And and I think they're going to be really interesting to watch. So I mean, it, it was I mean, a fantastic. I, could, I would say that. But, it, like, the, the yeah. first matchup between these two was 24 to 14. Uh, Oklahoma State walloped them in Stillwater. Now the Big Twelve. I mean, this is an Alabama Ohio State, so you know there are a lot of people that only watch national games that probably wouldn't care about this matchup. But I actually I like it. I like it a lot. No, no, I think I think it will be a good matchup. I just wonder is it it's a it's a conference matchup like. Is it really one of the most anticipated? Because I know that the Big Twelve title game was great. Uh, I just wonder, you know, what exactly is the and this is number ten for a reason, right? So let's move on. Number nine. Stanford at Oregon on October 1st. Do you have any desire to watch? <laughs> Hell. And nobody else does either, by the way. Right. Nobody. This is, we have to put something from the Pac-12 in here. We can't, if we're, if they're going to continue to keep them as a power five, we have to keep writing about them like they're a power five. That's it. That's bullshit. Yeah, this don't get me wrong. Stanford won thirty-one to twenty-four in overtime last year. Uh, Thibodeau was out. Uh, Flo was out. Like all, they, there was a lot that Oregon was dealing with. But also, that was like a once, uh, once a season kind of game for Stanford and, and for Oregon mainly. Like Oregon had to play really, really bad. Stanford had to play really, really well. Uh, Stanford ended up three and nine last season. Like this was their yeah, last. There's, of the year. there's nothing. There's nothing interesting about that game at all. Like yeah. I said, this is sports writers blowing smoke at the Pac, uh, the Pac-12 because they understand I have to keep writing about them like they're a Power Five program. If we don't, then then the rest of the world will stop believing they're a Power Five program because they're not. Yeah, they only believe it because we keep telling them they are. Number eight here is Texas versus Oklahoma. Uh, yes, the Red River Shootout was fantastic last season, but uh, I don't know that this one belongs on like a anticipated rematches. I know that it's a rematch, but this game's good every year. Like, so it should either be really, really high on the list or just not on the list because it'll make all the other well, list of like best games, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like this is like okay. With now, now you're putting the Red River Shootout on there. Like, okay, I'm assuming that the game is on there. I'm assuming that the Iron Bowl is on there. I'm assuming that the Egg Bowl. Okay, yep. all right. So, all the, so we've got a couple of good games that we didn't normally think we would, you know, you just don't get year in, year out. Oklahoma uh, uh, State Baylor, right? Like, I get that. And, and now we're just going to put a bunch of big rivalries on there? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a weird list, right? Uh, number seven here is Penn State at Auburn on September 17th. And that one could be interesting. Uh, I don't know what now, Auburn's going to be, but yeah, this, this is, is what I'm expecting this list to be. By the way, right? Like, I, I was not expecting conference games in this list when when I saw it. Exactly. That's uh, that was my thing. Like, and and you could throw in some conference games, right? So, like number six here is Texas A&M at Alabama, uh, because there was the upset last year, all that good stuff. Like Texas A&M got the number one recruiting class. This looks like it could be a battle. 
right? That it kind of makes sense, maybe. Um, but, you know, then you you move to number five and you got Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. At, okay, Bedlam. Like, that's kind of one of the top ten games every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the only time that Oklahoma's interesting to watch at all, ever, is when they're playing one of the big rivals. Yeah. Good. Now, now we know. We'll tune in twice a year. Congratulations. Number four, they've got Michigan State at Michigan, uh, which – that makes All sense. Right. I mean, last year was great, but the, I don't think so we're having the same conversation. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a shell of themselves so this Michigan's, year. So. Michigan's got two great rivalry games a year, and you should watch both of them. Okay, yes. move on. Number three is the not Iron Bowl. <laughs> it's, yep. it's just, not a story at all. comical. Uh, number two. Now, this one, this one's interesting. Ole Miss at Arkansas. I, I yeah. like this that because that was a now hell of a cooking. game last year. And you've got... It changes in in uh, coaching staffs. Both of them heading into their third seasons, and they have firmly established the foundation of what they want their programs to be. I think it'll be another fascinating football game again. So that one makes sense at number two, right? Uh, but I'll tell you this though: this has since Lane's gotten there, and historically, by the way, take out some of those Matt Luke years, take out some of those just got, but hell, even some of those god awful Arkansas years. This is historically one of the most exciting SEC games of the year. It really is. It really is. I mean, they never play a normal football game, ever. <laughs> like, it's always wild. It's always crazy. It always comes down to some wild-ass play at the end or in overtime to win the football game or a team to do something to lose the football game. I mean, that's just it. No, I think this one's going to be great. It's in Fayetteville. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know the Hog fans are going to be fired up for it. So, yes, I uh, I like this a lot. And then number one, Michigan at Ohio State. A- after all the trash talking from Michigan, I, it, it does make sense. But, man, it feels weird being on a, a rematch list, right? It's, it's just not. It's just not. So, I saw a list this weekend that was like the top ten rivalries in college sports, right? And they had to do sports because they wanted a reason to put Duke and North Carolina on the list. Of course. That's, that's the only reason the list existed, by the way, because the rest of them were all college football rivalries. And they right, had Duke, North Carolina, number two. They, 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 were doing they, that for, uh, number, they were doing that for Coach K, right? Yeah, for Coach yeah. K. So, so they had the game number one, and then they had the Iron Bowl number three. And, and I correctly, I thought, believe, by the way, pointed out that, I, look, I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm just not. I, I could care less about Auburn. Auburn is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's my philosophy with them. Um, but here's the deal, okay? You have two fan bases that every year throughout the entire state of Alabama, there has to be TSAs to not murder, not your enemy, not people you hate, your family and friends that pull for the other school. And every year, somebody gets murdered because of the football game, okay? So not using the letter M for a week, Ohio State, I'm sorry, just doesn't move the needle for me in hatred of rivalry, all right? Now, I'm not saying that Alabama or Auburn fans should be proud of that, but if you're going to make a list of, like, the most hated rivalries, the biggest rivalries in college sports, and you don't start with the Iron Bowl – I'm going to need some pretty damning evidence for the other opinion. Okay? Agreed. Because, Agreed. because if you just don't use the letter M for a week, I, I, that that ain't going to cut the mustard. 
No, the the shit talking back and forth between these two programs it happens every year, right? And it happens all the time. But does it really? Well, but here's the thing: like, Hang on. It, it only happens when you have a, a, an animated coach. All right, you yeah. went decades with Michigan having kind of classic stoic Michigan men that didn't say anything, and this rivalry was pretty boring. It was pretty dull. Well, it was an when, important game Trestle because it's coach. historic. Yeah. Yes. Ohio State's the same thing. But Jim Harbaugh throws in there, and he don't give a rip about nothing. He's going to tell you what he thinks. And he thinks that son of a bitch on the other side was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. And guess what? That ain't going to fly in his boat. He's going to call it out, and he's going to say some shit about it. He don't care. <laughs> Michigan ain't had right. a coach that made it interesting in a long time, but they have for the past five, six years, or however long he's been there. Yep. And now it's interesting. But it, yes. it's not like it's been that way for the last 30 years. Let's not get that confused. Agreed. Agreed. You're 100% right. So, yeah, this this list was a little a little strange. Uh, they, they had some good ones on here, but, uh, you know, it, it feels a little cheap with going back to the well with the Iron Bowl and Michigan State at Michigan and whatever else, right? Like I, it, I, bet if, I bet if you and I spent the weekend just trying to figure out, looking at the schedule, and seeing games that aren't regularly played. They could be conference games, but I'm looking at conference games like, you know, LSU rarely plays, uh, you know, South Carolina. So if we play South Carolina and they upset us, and then we have to go – to South Carolina for the rematch, like, that should be on the list. Games like that should be the conference games that we're talking about. You know? Yes. The games that aren't regularly special games. Agreed. In conference. Agreed. This is already a special game. What are we doing? Like, you're just wasting paper. You're, this, this is somebody had, a, had an assignment, and they had to get 3,000 words, and, and so they just made something. Well, and, and they got us talking about it, so I will, I will give them that. I will give them that well, because I looked at it and said, you've I got wouldn't to be kidding about me. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have talked about it. No, I didn't figure as much. I didn't. But, but that's I, okay. It's all right. It's it's fun to uh, to chat at least a little bit about, you know, the upcoming season, see what's going on. We'll we'll be doing a little more of that for uh, next week's shows. Uh, let's move on. NFL. Calvin Ridley has been suspended for the 2022 NFL season for gambling on NFL games. Uh the statement here says, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell today suspended Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons indefinitely through at least the conclusion of the 2022 season for betting on NFL games in the 2021 season. The activity took place during a five-day period in late November 2021 while Ridley was not with the team and was away from the club's facility on the non-football illness list. Now, there's a lot of different ways that we could go with this. Uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts his so he was away from the team due to uh, I guess broad terms mental, mental illness mental, right yeah mental mental health like break is what he basically was right. on and and while he was away uh, it says late November so sometime around Thanksgiving he put some wagers down on NFL games and it doesn't say if he bet on his team or against his team or whatever who knows. But uh, but it was found out that he did, in fact, gamble on NFL games, and now he is being suspended. I'm curious your thoughts on this. There are a lot of, a lot of guys 
around these teams, a lot of guys that are friends with guys that are on the teams, et cetera, that I'm sure make bets on the regular and try and do it probably undercover, you know, whatever. Uh, one, how do you think they found out about this? And then two, you know, do you think this is just, you know, it, it, will we will we see him in the future? Like, what, what do you think is going on here? All right, so I've got no idea how they found out, but I am glad that the NFL has rules like this in place to find out about these things. Oh, yeah, because um, the, the wise the, guys, uh, you know, there there are people around the country that think that now that, and, and this is the older generation, they believe that with with gambling being so prevalent that all of the games are now rigged, right? They think that yeah. everything's rigged. And you get something like this, you know it's it's probably not worth it to lose a year of salary from the NFL, right? That's that's right. I hope the juice was worth the squeeze. I hope that mental health week, weekend was, was good because it's about to cost you millions and millions of dollars. And if you weren't betting on, like, thrown games or games you had inside information in, there's basically a 50-50 chance you won those bets or lost them. Yes. So let's let's really hope that they're worth it. Um, I this is just one of those things that I like sports gambling. I like sports gambling being legal. I think it should be legal and allowed. I do not believe that those who participate in the games should be able to bet on them. That's just the way I feel, and, and I don't think you can argue the other side of this. So. Um, there are going to be people that say, well, then how, how could they be a sponsor for the product but not, uh, but not be able to participate in it? I think that's, that's normal. Like, that's, like being a spokesman for something and taking money for something for a sponsorship but then saying you, you can't use this product is, is perfectly fine with me, um, you know, because of the conflict of interest. That's it. That's the reason you are the, you know, the spokesman but can't do it. You can do it whenever you're not a part of the game anymore. If you would like to quit playing football, then then you could then you could participate in it. Um, so so I don't I don't have any any problems with the quote unquote hypocrisy of that. I, this is just wrong. I find this strange. I will tell you this: I think a lot of these players use this mental health break that they need. Um, they're stepping away from it. So many of them use this, and then they're just they're literally just going to you know Vegas or you know some island or whatever and 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 just partying their ass off for a week like come on man no there are people that are really struggling with legitimate issues in the league and around the world um at their own stuff and and doing things like this i think make make those claims just seem insignificant and yeah. not not real like saying oh well, him needing a break him needing a week off is a big deal. Oh, really? He needs a week off from his job that he does 17 weeks a year? He well, needs a week off from that? It, it wasn't just one week. Remember, he was he was out for, I mean, from the midway point of the season on, right? Or maybe even earlier. Like He, he was gone for a long Did time. Did he miss all of that for, for that time? Or thought some of that was, no, he, was he actually got hurt? No, he like he left the team uh, for mental, mental health. So... Yeah, it, it was. So let me ask you this: Do you think that this team, because when you leave for mental health, that's seen as an injury. You're still compensated. You're still paid. Yeah. If you're the Falcons, do you think now that you have this information come out, do you think you can go after him for that back pay for the salary that you paid him for those mental health days? Because um, he was doing something. He was not necessarily mental healthy. 
he was doing something that violated his contract and violated team rules. Yeah, you could you could probably go after that most certainly. Uh, so we've got a buddy of ours that is a Falcons fan that actually texted me about this and was like, "Hey, at this point, do the Falcons just cut him and and you know cut your losses when you can?" And I said, "I don't know why well, you would because now you don't have to pay." Him. Up, like, well, yeah, there was a lot of reports that up to today that everyone assumed he was on the trading block anyway. Yeah. Um, but after today, there's a reason he didn't get traded. Like, I'm sure a lot of people thought he was going to be gone and was curious why they weren't moving him. Yeah, and, um, and props and to the Falcons. Now, for, now we know. Yeah, for being yeah. real about that and understanding exactly what was going on. Which, by the way, just since we've been talking, Calvin Ridley tweeted out, I bet $1,500 total I don't have a gambling problem. And Albert Breer what? tweeted and said, uh, so how did Calvin Ridley get busted? He was in Florida and used the only gambling app legal in the state. The app notified a compliance company the NFL has hired called Genius for this kind of thing. Uh, the fact that he was out of state was a factor in Ridley's activity being flagged. Well, here's the deal. This is this is him being an idiot. Like I said, I hope it was worth it. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with gambling on sports and you doing it while you're away, whatever, that's fine. It, it, it's just stupid, though. It's just dumb. And you're going to now pay the price for it. Yeah. You're going to lose a year of your career, and, and this is a game in which guys average careers three, three and a half years. Now, I think Calvin will play longer than three and a half years, but but I wonder if he's released after this. Um, you know, somebody will pick him up because he's a talent, but he's going to go a year without playing, and he's going to have this stigma on him. What's that contract looking like? Because he hadn't hit that second contract yet. Yeah, no, that's that's the biggest thing. He's still playing uh, he, on the rookie deal. He he tweeted uh, a little more, by the way. Uh, so before that, he tweeted two different times, and then he tweeted that last one. The first one he tweeted said, just going to be more healthy when I uh, get back. And then the second one was, I couldn't even watch football at that point. And then the third one said, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't, it's not about do you have a problem or not. Like, some people think, oh, well, this is a sickness. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, that, you know, that's a, that's a, I'm not claiming that. I'm just claiming stupidity. Like, I'm just claiming bad. You, this is just, you're a person that makes bad decisions. Yeah. That would be the red flag that I would have. Roger Sherman you're tweeted. You're not capable by the way. of making a good, good decision. Exactly. Ro- Roger Sherman tweeted uh, from the ringer. He said, Calvin Ridley bet $1,500 and lost $10 million. Those are the worst odds in gambling history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. that's true. <laughs> I, I just read. I'll give. I'll give a free plug to a guy that I really, really enjoy. He's a stand-up comedian. You know, I love comedy. His name's Brant Tobler. I just read his book Free Roll, and it's about his life and when he before he became a comedian, kind of how he became a comedian. That's all at the very end. Um, but he he was a sports book runner for pros and for a long time, and he talked about. The whole book is called Free Roll, and he basically explains what a free roll is pretty early on. And 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 it's he, there are two types of free rolls. There's one where you know you, you can bet a hundred dollars of not your money that that's something you know one team will win or one team will lose, and if you lose, you lose nothing. If it wins, you get the hundred bucks. So you have everything to win and nothing to lose. But then there are some free rolls, and he would use this as a situation where all outcomes are losers and in this situation you you bet $1,500 and, and if you win you win $1,500 but 
but lose ten million. And if you lose, you lose fifteen hundred dollars and lose ten million. Like they're they're all bad outcomes. Yeah. Um, so it's a great book on Audible. It was really funny to listen to. I found it enjoyable. I think you'll like it. Go get Brent's uh, book. And if you like it, tweet it out, tag me, and tell Brent you liked it, and uh, that I told you about it because maybe he'll he'll uh, hook a hook a young guy up who's trying to uh, learn some stand up comedy himself. What was uh what was the guy's name again? Brant Tobler. Let's see. All right. All right. We can uh, we can certainly do that. I might tweet that out myself. It's the only it's the only book on Audible called Free Roll. All right. That sounds good to me. Let's uh let's close out with some college basketball conference tournament picks. Uh, we we've been doing this every season heading into conference tournament week, and of course it is March Madness. We got a bunch of them going on, right? We're going to focus on the the main six, and that would be the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve, and the SEC. Uh, normally in these spots, it is not valuable to bet on the favorite. Yeah, we kind of yeah we kind of this look, year woo oh yeah for sure this year if you bet in chalk this year you got balls usually usually it's the easiest thing in the world to do this year good luck I have made uh, let's see twelve bets thus far uh, only one of them is actual chalk but we'll uh, we'll get to that one here in a minute let's start off with the first and that would be the ACC now the way that the bracket sets up here uh, is a little. A little crazy because, of course, we start games on Tuesday with the ACC. Then you move into second round, and then you've got the teams that all had buys on Thursday. Uh, Duke is the one seed, Miami the four seed, Notre Dame the two seed, North Carolina the three seed. The ones that I have on this, that I have gone on and put down my bets on, I went ahead and took North Carolina at plus 800, and I took Miami at plus 1,200. Now, Miami is playing, uh, they're the four seed, and they would end up having to play against Duke in Barclays. Obviously, that's not uh, ideal, but once you get through Duke, uh, you've, already, you've already had Notre Dame and North Carolina. When, uh, you, you could handle one of those in the next one. It, you've only got to win uh, against Wake Forest, Pitt, or uh, Boston College in order to get to the Duke game. I think Miami, plus 1,200, they have shown that they can play really well away from home, I like Miami a lot, and North Carolina is... I don't know that there's a team in the ACC that's been playing better than them down the stretch other than Duke, and they just handled Duke in Coach K's you know, final game at uh, uh, Cameron Indoor. So, I, you know, those two seem like uh, pretty reasonable bets, especially at plus 800, plus 1,200. Uh, is there anybody else that you're looking at here? You know, Notre Dame, well, what, maybe? What are, yeah, I was going to say, what are Notre Dame's odds? Because that was the team that I was looking at also. But I, it wouldn't be Duke, it's not Charles. But it's going to be one of those three. I don't like anybody else in the ACC. This is a down year for the ACC. I am, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the ACC right now. Notre Dame is plus 800. So same as North Carolina. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I, would, I think I'd take Notre Dame over North Carolina only because I think North Carolina might be just coming off such a big high um, that I think they're they're poised to get got. It's entirely possible. Um and then, and then I just don't like the idea of chalk. So I think North Carolina, I mean, uh, Notre Dame has, has, in my eyes, you know, I, I, I like that. I'll take that. Well, Notre Dame is the two seed for a reason, right? I mean, they are, yeah. it, but a two seed at plus 800 seems a little crazy. They've got Duke at minus 150. Well, yeah. and, and I think the reason for that is because it's Coach K's last ACC tournament. 
you know, that well, is yeah, that's not a guarantee. That's right. Everybody, every every chalk fan in the world and every Duke fan in the world are going to lay large sums of money on Coach K and Duke. That's it. That this is this is just betting against that. And I'll tell you this: I I might take North Carolina because we think North Carolina and and uh, Notre Dame are going to play one another for the championship game, right? The way the bracket shapes up. Uh, well, the way that it shapes up, North Carolina and Notre Dame would play each other. It, it would be Duke against uh, Notre Dame or North Carolina for the championship. Okay, so so if if we kind of get chalk, if I don't believe in anyone else. If you're betting on Miami, Miami's got to get through Duke and then get through one of North Carolina or their rank. I think I would rather make a wager on both at plus 800. If I get eight to one odds, I'm basically getting four to one odds betting on uh, North Carolina or uh, Notre Dame. Hey, you got a point there. You do have. So a point I would there. take. I would take. I would take that is what I would. I would rather do because I do think the winner of that game is winning it. And I think those odds, or even if they don't win it, I just think the odds of four to one are just too good to pass up. You might be right about that. Uh, the Big East, the Big East Conference Tournament, uh, it begins on Wednesday. Uh, you got your eight nine matchup, Xavier and Butler. You got St. John's against DePaul, Seton Hall against Georgetown, etc. Uh, but your your top seeds here: number one, Providence; number two, Villanova; yep. number three, UConn; and then Creighton and Marquette are the four and five, and they're playing each other on Thursday. <laughs> Two thirty Eastern. Um, I I like Villanova here at plus one fifty. I mean they're the two seed, but they are they're the most talented. They've played really well down the stretch. Uh, but the team that I've got, and, they, and they got the they got the coach with the pedigree. Oh, that's most certainly. I, I don't like the that. plus one fifty because I mean, no, that's a short number. Yeah, it, it, very very short. But that's almost a favorite number. What is Providence? Uh, they got to be close to that. Well, Providence is the one seed, but they're plus four hundred, right? It, their metrics are are so wacky, and uh, compared to the results, yeah. So Villanova is right? the favorite to win it. That's the yeah. chalk to win it, regardless of the seed. Most certainly, most certainly. Yeah. Um, UConn is plus three twenty five. Providence plus four hundred. Marquette is plus eight hundred. And I, the one that I like right now is Seton Hall. Uh, they've won five straight. They are playing lights out right now. Um, nobody is talking about them, and I know that they got to play a Wednesday game against Georgetown. But Georgetown has not won a single Big East game, so they'll they'll well, play yeah, against Georgetown's over in the conference. Yeah, it's I don't that hadn't been done in so long. I mean, they were going through all the record books like it, this is this is absurd. This is why you hang on. What did I tell you? This is why you don't hire heroes. Yeah, I mean they, they made it. They won at some them. point in time. At some point in time, somebody's going to have to have a very hard and uncomfortable conversation with a legend, a god at. Georgetown. Well, and they, they just had to do it with John Thompson the third, right? Like it yeah. <laughs> I mean it's no, just that's absurd. It. Like you just you just fired one God and, and the other God you're you're about to have a really uncomfortable conversation with. Yeah, they're saying that he's gonna be back next year, but Yep. No, you know, that's right. We'll see. We will see what ends up happening. Uh but yeah, Seton Hall, you get through Georgetown, then you gotta play UConn, then you'd probably have to play Villanova, etc. Uh but if it, Getting Seton Hall at plus twelve hundred, like I, I feel all right about that. I feel like I could, you know, maybe make a way uh, in there because Seton Hall has played insanely good basketball here lately. If, if you look at uh, Bartorvik, uh, his ratings since the beginning of February, Seton Hall is number two in this league. I mean, they are playing lights out right now uh, as far as advanced metrics go. So yeah, it's a tough road, but 
you know, I don't think it's any more difficult than Villanova having to play either UConn or Seton Hall in the next round. Um, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, but yeah, uh, do you see value for uh, for anybody on this one? Well, I, 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 what, what was Marquette's number again? I like Marquette. Marquette is a plus eight hundred. They got to beat Creighton and then Providence, <laughs> yeah. and then you'd probably handle Villanova, UConn, or Seton Hall. Yeah. So I, if I if I had to take a long shot, I would like Marquette. Um, I also like UConn. I I actually think UConn is, you know, what are they like three fifty to one? Uh, three twenty five. Three twenty five. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would probably make those two picks. I would probably make a make a wager on 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 UConn and Marquette. All right, we'll move on to the Big Ten. Um, I'm going to tell you the two that I like the most in this one. Uh, the Big Ten. I I like the way that Iowa has been playing here lately. They are plus yep. plus four hundred, and then Wisconsin. So long as uh, who is it, Johnny Davis? Uh, so long as he is healthy, because he got injured in that last game against Nebraska. They lost. They lost an outright Big Ten title at home to Nebraska in the last game of the season. But uh, but things went a little crazy there. That that can that can happen here and there. Um, I, I like Iowa. Iowa is the fifth seed uh, at plus four hundred, and I like Wisconsin. They're the two seed. Uh, Wisconsin would have to play the winner of Michigan State, Maryland, and then they would have to play uh, Purdue or Ohio State, most likely, uh, before you even get to the championship game, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen on the, the top side of that. But I, I like Iowa plus 400 because they, as far as metrics go, they have been the best team in this league over the last month and a half or so. And Wisconsin, all you get from them is results. Like, they they have beaten everybody in this field and and done it, you know, semi-convincingly. They don't win every game by a ton of points, but, but Wisconsin's been really, really good, and they've got a closer in Johnny Davis, man. I I love these two teams with maybe the two best players in the league, and I understand you can talk about Jaden Ivey at Purdue, et cetera, et cetera, but I, those those are the two where I actually saw value. Um, who uh, who in this one do you like? I'll uh, I'll read you some stats or some uh, some odds. No, 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 I don't need I don't need. Uh. What 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 is the number for Izzo? Uh, let's see. Michigan State is plus sixteen hundred. Take it. I right, see. So you would take Izzo plus sixteen hundred. That's a long shot because I'm, it, we're getting to the tournament time, Gary. This isn't about stats. This isn't about analytics. The game is going to completely change when you get into tournament play. And I will take Tom Izzo over the field in coaching in this conference, and it ain't close. Michigan State. Uh, let's see. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, as far as advanced stats over the last nine games of the season, uh, number eleven out of fourteen. They went three and six down the stretch. Yep, that's, that's the only fine. thing that that scares me about it. Right? I, I get it. I, like, once again, this is not about stats. It's not about analytics. This is about a guy that's been doing it longer than I've been alive. That's a, yeah. You got a point there. <laughs> that's that's it. All right, so Izzo plus sixteen hundred. All right, I, I can get down with that. I can get hey, down what, with that. What a, what a produce! What a produce stats. If I was going to take somebody that was a little more chalky, what a produce number. Oh, Purdue That's is the bad. Purdue nah. is the chalkiest. Uh, they are. Oh, are so, they really? They're the number three seed, but they are plus one seventy five. Oh hell no! No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. No. All right, and then they, I'd probably follow you with Wisconsin for the other play. Yeah, I, I like Wisconsin. If I Iowa, do something safer. Iowa has come on as of late. Um, they they went eight and two in their last ten, 
Like, and in, in, I know they lost at Illinois on a last-second shot uh, on Sunday night, but still. I mean, they lost by two at Illinois when Illinois had a chance to to win a Big now, Ten championship. Now, here's the other question. What are Michigan's odds? Michigan is sitting at plus 1,400. I, they they I get might, Dewan Howard might, back. Yeah, I'm about to say, I, I, might, I might not play that Wisconsin. I might, I might take both Michigan State teams. Michigan State and Michigan. Michigan plays Indiana in the first game on, let's see, March 10th. So what would that be? Uh, Thursday. And then they would have to play number one seed Illinois. uh, And then either Rutgers or Iowa after that. Or, I mean, Nebraska. Nebraska hadn't lost in I don't even know how many games. So who knows what will happen from uh, from the Wednesday stuff. But, yeah, I uh, I could see Michigan getting there 100%. I mean, those would be my place. Yeah, you it, big odds, big big odds. Yeah, those those would work. Those would work. Uh, the Big Twelve. Let's see. Uh, man, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like anybody other than Baylor and Kansas, and both of those are chalky as hell. Um, what? What? All right. So the only team I'd take, the only one I'd take. What is the end of the three seed? What is Texas Tech? Texas Tech, who has not played well down the stretch. Texas Tech is plus three seventy five, so they're they're number three as far as the odds go. Three seventy five is not a good enough price. Yeah this this would be a this would be a stay away completely for me. I wouldn't bet anything in here. Yeah, that's uh, for me. Like, I I took a little bit on Baylor at plus one seventy five, but I I don't like Kansas because that they don't have good point guard play. Uh, but Baylor is still missing LJ Cryer. I don't, you know, I just I, I don't think that Baylor's going to be uh, great. But I could I could totally see him yeah. winning this tournament because I don't expect them to win a national championship. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's the only way that I'm going with that one. Uh, let's look at the Pac-12 really quick. Is there anybody other than Arizona, UCLA, or USC for you? Probably not. Probably not. So Arizona is minus one thirty. UCLA is plus one seventy five. Uh, I will tell you one that I I put down just a little bit of coin on, and you're going to find this ridiculous. Uh, Arizona State is plus ten thousand. Uh, they and Colorado and and of course Arizona are the hottest teams in the Pac twelve right now, and it's it's really not close. Arizona State won seven of their last eight. They have played everybody tough, even the ones that they ended up losing to. Uh, Arizona State has been bad for pretty much the entire season. But if you look, they they are number three as far as advanced metrics since February the 6th. Now, that's behind UCLA and Arizona, but they have beaten UCLA already, and they played tight with Arizona just uh, about a week and a half ago. So, you know, the the bracket doesn't exactly break out great for them uh, because Arizona State opens up with Stanford, who lost like five straight to end the season. Uh, but then they have to play Arizona, and they would likely have to play the number four seed Colorado, who has also been, you know, really good down the stretch. Uh, Colorado ended the year six and one in their last seven. So, you know, um, I mean, Colorado at, at plus 4,000 is not bad. And uh, in Arizona State at plus ten thousand, uh, you know it might be worth dropping, you know, a couple bucks on. So plus ten thousand is pretty crazy odds for a team that uh, that came into this thing just red hot, right? Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's a pretty good number. And yeah, I mean it's probably worth it. I mean, you know, the old, you know, 
Kevin from the office saying, if anybody ever gives you plus 10,000 odds, you just take it. Yeah. But especially, I mean, this team won seven of their last eight and, and have looked yeah. good. Like, it, don't get me wrong, Arizona State uh, has been bad, like, for the majority of the season, right? Uh, their overall record is 14 and 16. But, I mean, you go on a streak there at the end. <laughs> I mean, they've got a win over UCLA. Um, well, yeah, we've had teams that made the tournament doing this, just going, go, getting hot and going on a run at the end. It's, yeah. it's happened in the past. Oh, it's not, no, sir. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. So, no, you were not wrong. No, I don't like. I don't. I don't. I don't like anybody else in this conference. This is like the Big Twelve. Like, there, there's no interest here at all. I do not care. There's no, not a bet it. that I like. There's not a wager that I like or an odd that that I think is any any leverage in at all. Uh, let's do the SEC. Now, the SEC. Uh, this one, you know, interesting, of course, because there are a lot of good teams in the SEC in basketball this season. Uh, the two that I like the most, and it's not the one seed or uh, the two or, well, no, it's not the one seed or the three seed, right? It's not Auburn or Kentucky for me uh, because those are the two that have, I think, the longest odds. I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, The ones that I do like, I like Arkansas a lot at plus 600, and I like Tennessee at plus 400. Uh, Tennessee is the two seed. Arkansas is the four seed, so they are on opposite ends of the bracket from each other. Auburn scares me away from home, right? They they have not played well on the road, um, but you can't deny their roster. I mean, they are really, really good. Kentucky should be getting Severe Wheeler back. They should be getting Ty Ty Washington back. So they should be pretty good. Uh, Kentucky would likely have to play Alabama in their first round. What are Kentucky's odds? Uh, Kentucky is plus 200. Oh, man, that's short. And Auburn, Auburn is plus 275. So then, then you got Tennessee at plus four hundred and Arkansas at plus six hundred. Uh, Tennessee closed the year, I think, seven and one down the stretch. And let's see, Arkansas uh, won what fourteen or fifteen of their last seventeen or fourteen of their last sixteen, something crazy like that. So Arkansas has been uh, note for Arkansas is just a an absolute beast. Um, but Tennessee, mm, like, okay, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Tell me, tell me your thoughts here. No, I think I think I think a lot of that Arkansas resume is fraudulent. I mean, I think with Tennessee playing them this weekend, we saw that. Um, I, I'm a little bit jaded. This is very biased. Uh, that LSU game, LSU would have beat the hell out of them. Arkansas got about seven calls late in the last four minutes that all went their way. That I mean, some of these charge calls are blocking calls. Yeah, blocking and charge calls were pretty obscene, pretty ridiculous, and you know, it's just. The SEC refs have made it clear they don't like Will Wade. They're just not gonna. They're just not gonna let him get anything. Um, so if you bet on LSU, you're wasting your money. That, that there's nothing they can do to win it. Um, I, I think some of those wins by Arkansas are a little fraudulent. Uh, the, when they played uh, Mississippi State, same thing. I think I think they got a shit ton of calls go their way, but I think we're all wrong. We're all bad. We're all poorly called. Uh, and and when they played Tennessee and they got a game where the game got called kind of straight up, Tennessee kind of beat the hell out of them. So that's that's my only fear. I, I like the Tennessee bet at plus four hundred. Um, I do think Kentucky's probably I, it's it's you know they're the two seed. Vegas got them as the odds to win it. Uh, I, I think that's the right call. But I wouldn't you know I wouldn't bet them or Auburn just because I don't like the odds. I would take Tennessee. That would be my play. Yeah, Tennessee at plus four hundred makes a lot of sense. Uh, they 
Let's see. They won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of their last ten. Uh, yeah. And, and handled- I think Tennessee's one of the, you know, thirteen teams in the country that I think can actually win the national championship. Whew. Uh, don't get me wrong; they they certainly have. Uh, I mean, they got good point guard play. They got play uh, down low. Fulkerson's great. Um, Kennedy Chandler at, at the point, like he's he's kind of coming into himself a little bit. I do like Tennessee a lot. Uh, I just I I wonder about this team playing away from Thompson Bowling Arena, right? And that's that's the one thing that we got to figure out. About well, I mean, Auburn, Auburn hadn't played well on the road. I mean, none of these, have, teams have. Any of these other teams played great on the road. Okay, then what does it matter? All and right. that's it. See, that's the thing is you're trying to figure out. So all right, if who, all of them are bad at it or have been inconsistent at it, then you can't be afraid of it for anybody. True. Uh, let's because see. it's a neutral point. Rising tide raises all ships, and and and, and, and it also lowers them. You let's know. See the the teams that are the best uh, as far as their record goes uh, away from home. In the SEC since uh, you know since January first, uh, Tennessee is five and four, Auburn is six and three, Kentucky is six and four, Arkansas five and three. Uh, let's see, LSU went two and seven, Texas A and M four and five, Alabama three and six, Florida four and five. You know, and South Carolina went four and five. So eh, who knows? Who knows? This uh, this this could be a little a little interesting. I, the SEC tournament is always a little oh, bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, I think it's going to be yep. nuts. Like, I I, I yep. don't know that anybody saw Alabama and LSU getting to the championship game last season uh, with the way that both of them finished down the stretch. Uh, but you never know who can turn it on when they need to, right? Like, that's yeah. that's the biggest thing here. Agreed. So, Arkansas plus 600, Tennessee plus 400, and you, you like the Tennessee plus 400 there, uh, but you don't really see anybody coming from out of the woodworks. You know, A&M is plus 5,000. and I, I was... I was just about to say A&M and, and South Carolina. Those are the two. And it's only because they have coaches that I've seen make runs before. That would be a yeah. play on the coach, not on the team. I've seen them get hot in the tournaments and know how to coach their way through these things and uh, and do it well. That, that, those would be – what are those two lines? you got 5,000 and what's South Carolina? South Carolina is plus 12,500. Yeah. Like, like it's going to be I – mean, these, are, these are obviously long, long, long shots. But that's what they are. They're long shot. Yeah. No, A&M finished out the year winning five of the last six. They went on the road and just destroyed Ole Miss and Alabama back-to-back on the road. Um, they they beat Florida at home. They The thing that scares me about A&M is they open with Florida on Thursday, and then they would have to play Auburn, and then you get either LSU or Arkansas. And that's before you even get to the championship game. But- but I mean, you're you're saying all this because you're looking at numbers and you're looking at seeds. But we just talked about how all of these teams are flawed, and all of these teams are really good, and anybody could win this tournament. Yeah, and so no, if that's you're, the you're case, not wrong. You can't play the game of well, they got to play this team. Well, then they got to play that team. Well, Auburn has shown they can lose on the road to anybody. That so, is true. What does that matter? Playing Auburn second? Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's just uh, having to play Florida. The day before you play Auburn, and then having to go play. I don't know that that matters. Florida's been one of the most disappointing basketball teams I've seen all year. But but they've been like that every every year under Mike White. That that is one team that I don't think can make a run in the SEC. Yeah, no, I I believe you there. Florida is uh, is also plus five thousand. So yeah, no, I'd I'd much rather have South Carolina at twelve thousand five hundred than Florida at five. Yeah, I tend to agree. 
I tend to agree. All right. I think that's going to wrap it and up. And Florida might beat them, but they it doesn't might. matter. I'd still take the I'd still take the plus 12. Yeah, I don't I don't take Florida to to actually win uh the tournament. I mean, I yeah, I just don't no think way. they can do it. I can't think they I don't think they okay. can string wins. So nope. All right. Is there anything else you want to hit before we uh, before we crawl out of here? No, that's it. That's right. it, brother. All right. Let me let you go on and go, and I will close this thing out, my friend. See ya. All right. Be good, buddy. All right. So that was Chris. A little bit longer show than usual today, but uh, but that is okay. We uh we we got conference stuff to talk about. We got basketball. We got Jaden Daniels. We got the NFL. All sorts of stuff to discuss. Uh, we're gonna have two shows next week. Chris and I won't be around, but we're going to go ahead and pre-record those, so we'll get them knocked out for you. Uh, but along with that, um, we will have a show on Friday. So make sure and tune in. Of course, we'll be talking college basketball. We'll be talking anything else that is going on. So you guys make sure that you tune in. Head over to winningcureseverything.com. Go over and watch me over at BetUS TV. With that said, I'm going to get out of your hair. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.